Hi, I'm Sophie Gibson, and this is SEO in 2023 Additional Insights. Sophie, what's your additional insight for SEO in 2023? So I think it's going to be super important to have comprehensive structured data across the website, especially with the new um, kind of Google's new search experience. It's going to be super important to be able to have all your data marked up correctly. So it's a lot easier for Google to be able to parse that information, understand your website and everything related to that and build the knowledge graph essentially of your business. So you're more likely to be included in any of these uh, generative search results. So I think this is really something that businesses should be focusing on. So what does comprehensive structured data mean then? Uh, what what um, structured data are websites generally including and what um, structured data are generally missed opportunities? Yeah, so you've got quite a lot of businesses that have the standard stuff. You've got your standard organisation schema, or if you're an e-commerce website, you'll have product, which is, you know, marked up and potentially blog posts marked up. And I think those are the key ones that people get, which is fine for generally getting the information across. But there's so much more you can add to the structured data um, kind of information that the generators that people can find online just don't actually include. So I think a lot of people might check that or look at the schema recommendations or when you're looking around the web even competitors don't use extra information so for example in organization schema you can have you have your founders um, marked up as people you can actually tell you who who run the business when did it open how long has it been running all the different members and organizations or governing bodies that any business is um, included in so people are potentially missing these enhanced snippets that you wouldn't necessarily um, find in any generator or like any any tool that might be able to automatically mark that up, whether that's an app or, um, you know, a WordPress plugin, etc. I think there's a lot of missed opportunity there. Okay, that's, that's a great point there as well. And um, generally, is the About Us page the, the best place to have this sort of schema? So... Actually, I think organization schema on the homepage, that's probably the best place because that's obviously the home of the business. But when it comes to stuff like about us, I think you could potentially mark up the stuff on there. But another thing that I think people miss out is marking up their people or their meet the team pages. Because you can add so much more information about the people that work for your business that is not currently, I don't think many businesses tend to include. So you can include the people who work there and what their job title is, what accreditations do they have, when did they start in this business, links to any areas that they've been quoted around the web um, and really actually highlighting that the people you've got writing and working for you are genuine experts and they are the ones that are writing the content, they're the ones that are contributing to the website. So I think that's a massive kind of missed opportunity as well for businesses um, that you don't necessarily see all the time. And a lot of businesses probably are a little bit concerned with spending too much time and effort in showcasing individuals working within the business if they think, well, they might move on in a year or two. Uh, what happens to those pages? Or what, what, what is best practice for those pages if someone moves on from the company? Well, I think keeping their profile up and running so you can actually attribute um, their work to the blog articles because 
even if they have moved on, they might have gained more experience. Um, you want to make sure that actually they have a footprint, a historical footprint across across the web, because again, that's going to help show Google that you are actually you've employed people who have continued to be experts in whatever fields or continued to have relevant uh, experiences. So I don't know why people want to kind of remove that kind of historical um, information, because to me, it doesn't really make sense. Like they still wrote it no matter where they've gone in the future. It's the same thing as moving web pages or, or, or taking out web pages that um, uh, have a lot of traffic and, and they suddenly disappear with no 301 perhaps as well. So you, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I actually love using these uh, like personally, having, even though maybe other companies, I still link out to all of my various kind of profile pages across all of the other businesses that I've worked at and wrote, written content for. Because again, it's useful just to say, I'm definitely me. I do exist. Here's all of the places that I've worked and looked at. And yeah, when those kind of pages are removed, it's a detriment to kind of showing your experience as well. So I think for also the people that you've had working for you's benefit, keeping those pages alive and like, it's no good if you you know, one person has contributed hundreds of blog posts to your to your website and you go on a blog post after they've gone and, you know, their profile picture, all of their details have been removed from the post. You don't know actually who wrote it. When you click on it, it maybe takes you to a broken link or a redirect. I don't think it's good for other websites to do anyways to remove those pages because you lose that kind of EAT um, trust signals across your website as well. And um, I was just about to take a sidestep into EAT and, and, and you mentioned it there as well. Um, and it's probably worthwhile just um, diving into there in, in slightly greater depth. Uh, so what are a few things that um, companies can encourage individuals to do um, to enhance their individual authority and to therefore actually be able to utilize that authority further to to enhance the reputation of the company yeah there's always i think reaching out to publications that you want to write for if you've got really good um ideas and you've got a way to be able to prove that in um industry publications other websites uh, kind of across the web so for example even if you work in very uh, niche um areas there's always a publication that are looking for actual writers to demonstrate their expertise. There's a lot of trade magazines. Obviously, digital PR is probably more well known for being able to use their experts with expert quotes. And um, so I think that is a, additionally a really good way to sh- demonstrate that you are skilled by providing those commentary on um, around the web. Plus, like I said, if, you, if you're more of a writer and as an, in, an individual, approaching businesses with ideas for posts, being able to write um, talks, podcasts, anything like that to where you're actually talking about uh, your subject areas. Again, you can link that all with structured data to your own person data if that's what you're um, looking to create around the web, especially if that's the main aim for you. You know, you want to be viewed more as an expert in the field and in your industry in general. That's a great point. Uh, and perhaps that means that organisations need to task individuals with once a month appearing on some other publication, be it 
a blog post, as you mentioned previously, or perhaps a podcast episode or something like that to enhance their reputation, but also drive that authority back to the company. Yeah, exactly. I think, obviously, there's a lot of talk about this under the umbrella of, you know, personal branding. I don't think you really need to uh, highlight that as such. It's literally, it's showing your interest and demonstrating the passion you have for the, the kind of industry that you're in. So, so going back to schema, um, I, I think you said that um, for some schema elements that are typically missed, um, such as organisational schema, kind of finding information, perhaps accreditations, um, you need to consider that manually because not all automated schema tools are going to do that successfully. Is, is, is that a fair summary? Yeah, I'd say. Okay. And, but you can continue to use automated schema tools perhaps for other content on your website, perhaps blog posts. I think anything that's a, a very large templated job, then absolutely use a plugin, use something that's going to help you apply that at scale across the website. But for those place, those schema types where they're only going to appear once or it's just one, um, a one-off kind of thing that you need to create, then you should create that manually and actually have a look at those extra details around that. Because, yeah, if you're spending loads of time manually creating stuff for thousands of blog posts, then that's really not going to be a good use of your time. But if you're just writing it for one person, which needs to be individualized anyways, you may as well spend that extra time making sure that it's comprehensive. And again, making sure you've got kind of got all of the information and you can really demonstrate your kind of experience, expertise, all your details, and you can verify that in one place, then I think that's definitely worth the extra time spent. Yeah, that's a great point. So just just distinguishing between what needs to be checked manually and, and what you can give to automation because you've got so much volume there, it makes sense to to automate that. And what about a search engine's use of the data that it finds on your site from structured data? So are you advocating this primarily to assist search engines with understanding what your business is about, what your website is about? Or is it actually also to assist with markup, um, additional SERP feature opportunities that search engines offer? Yeah, so it's a bit of a, a mixed bag because... Google doesn't actually give you rich snippets based on all of the different schema properties. They are two different things. It does use certain aspects for rich snippets, for example, but it doesn't necessarily will pull in the founder information um, from that as to using their searches. But I think it's definitely going to be getting there and I think it's going to be absorbing more features or more information that it can get from structured data because as well, Google's only got a certain amount of resources. So instead of having to, you know, find your page, render it, get the information that way, having that structured data is just a bit of a shortcut and I think it will make um, make it a little easier to actually be included in any of these um, search features or any future ones. I think it's a lot about future-proofing because we know Google does kind of have a knowledge graph. It's able to view your business in terms of how it relates to um, all of the different aspects of you around the web and how it relates to different topics. So I think being prepared for that is definitely going to be um, a competitive advantage. 
So how do you measure success? I can certainly understand the value of, 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 of what you're what you're sharing. Um, but um, if you say to a client, look, there's a lot of opportunity here for schema on your site. Uh, and they say, OK, well, if we were to give you this budget, how do you measure the value of doing that? What's your answer to that? Yeah, it's super hard with any kind of thing which is related to future proofing. It's really hard to say, you know, you will see X impact of this. But I think how you can frame it is in terms of comp- competitors. Because if you can show that you will be giving so much more rich information and that it could be a competitive advantage for you in the future, I think it's something that you will need to, to kind of bring up that way. Because it's really impossible to say with structured data that you will see X if you do Y. Also, it's potentially you could use the kind of the AI approach because, again, you can't say for definite that you will start to be included within, you know, chat GTP results when people are asking questions around your business. But you can definitely propose that as like a potential upside of that because, again, if you're able to see all of the structured data related to your business, it's going to help um, these large models be able to understand and include you when it comes when people are asking about related topics so i think especially if you've got working with companies who want to focus on that depending on the industry i think that could be a really good way to show how your uh, work using structured data could have an impact but again it's all future proofing are we going to be included in these again you might not find out only about six months down the line that people are getting referrals from for you from ChatGTP. I have actually seen it recently where a few businesses have um, gotten in touch to be like, ChatGTP recommended you. So that could potentially be a way of measuring that. Interesting. Well, you've shown what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? I think related to a little bit around trust, it's not about what people are wasting time on. It's think what people are not doing um, or giving a reason as to why they don't want to do it. So for me, it's actually linking out to relevant posts or relevant um, articles around the web because they don't want people going off of their website. I think this is a key element of the trust signals. You might be referencing, say, for example, you have a industry body that you're affiliated with but you don't want to include a link to them because actually you'll be taking them away from the page and they won't read the content or, you know, you're talking about a particular certification or a particular company and you don't want to link out to them because, like, well, people will get distracted and won't come back and read the, the post. But I think this is super important for actually being able to demonstrate that trust. So I think that's kind of a thing people tend to miss when it comes to what they're not trying to do um, for 2023. I still think it does pop up around places. And um, yeah, and I think that's really counterproductive. Um, again, for those trust signals, you really want to show that you're affiliated with certain companies or businesses or um, that actually you you have guidelines to follow from that. Sophie Gibson is the Technical SEO Director at Studio Hawk and you can find her over at studiohawk.co.uk. Sophie, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2023. Thanks so much, David. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to SEO in 2023 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2023 podcast, video series, and book. 
Find out more over at seo in2023.com.